Philippians chapter number 1, and we'll begin reading in verse number 27. The Bible says, Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Verse 28. And in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God. For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which ye saw in me, and now here to be in me. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll bless the reading of thy word. I ask you to speak to our hearts. These next few moments, may you get glory and honor, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I know that if you're a Bible reader tonight, you know that Philippians is a book that has a whole lot of nuggets in it. Amen. Uh, there's a lot of preaching material uh, in the book of Philippians and for the sake of time we will not exhaust that subject, not that we could anyway, but I just want to uh, say that to simply say this that Paul in the first chapter he is laying the groundwork for a lot of things that he's going to discuss this is a book that uh, talks about the joy of the Lord and I thought about uh, where the scripture says that the joy of the Lord is our strength, amen uh, you may lose your health and you may lose your wealth, uh, uh, but there's one thing I never want to lose in this life, and that is the joy of being saved and serving Jesus Christ, amen? I do not want to uh, grow bitter in my older years, but I want to serve God and be able to say with a songwriter that the longer I serve him, uh, the sweeter he grows, amen? Uh, when you come to this passage of scripture tonight, uh, Paul in the early verses of chapter number one, he's dealing with several subjects. Uh, he deals with a subject of humility and he deals with the subject of unity. He talks about diversity. He talks about intimacy both with Christ and with the church and then he talks about stability and he's laying the groundwork to help these Christians as they go through the difficult times of life. He wants them not only to make it but he wants them to make it with joy. Amen. Is that not what Paul said in Acts chapter number 20? It's not just to finish the course but he told those elders at Ephesus uh, that I may finish my course with joy. Amen. I tell you when I cross the finish line, I don't know about you uh, uh, but I'd like to cross it with a smile on my face. Amen. I'd like to cry across that finish line with joy in my heart uh, and a spring in my step uh, and say the last lap and the last step of the journey was every bit as good as the first step of the journey. Amen. And so Paul in verse number 9 of chapter number 1, he prays for these Christians here. He says, and this I pray. And Paul gives them four things uh, that he prays for them. He prays that their caring would be intensified. As he said, I pray that your love uh, may abound yet more and more. And certainly we need our caring uh, one for another to be intensified. And then he prays uh, that their choices would be verified. Uh, he said in verse number 10 that ye may approve things uh, that are excellent, amen. I'm telling you, listen, our choices in life uh, need to be verified uh, by good choices, isn't that right? And so he prays uh, that their choices would be verified. Uh, he prays, uh, uh, my friend, that their caring would be intensified and then he prays that their character would be certified, uh, that ye may be sincere and without offense until uh, the day 
of Christ. Hey, if you're gonna make it through the hard times of life, you're gonna have to serve God in all sincerity, amen? And then Paul prays in verse number 11 that their creator would be glorified. As he says, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God, amen? And Paul is praying for this church because he knows that they're gonna face adversity, amen? You know, every church faces adversity, isn't that right? And so Paul gives them the benefits of adversity in the life of a Christian. In verse number 12, he tells us that one of those benefits of adversity is that adversity, uh, my friend, it promotes uh, uh, the progress of the gospel. He said in verse number 12, but I would, uh, you should understand, brethren, that the things which happen unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance uh, of the gospel. Amen. You know why adversity comes in our life? Uh, Because it promotes the progress of the gospel. And then adversity, my friend, listen, it provides opportunity to witness. Look what he said in verse 13. So that my bonds in Christ are manifested in all the palace and in all other places. You see, he said, had it not been for adversity, I wouldn't be in these bonds. And had I not been in these bonds, the gospel wouldn't have been to the palace and all other places. Isn't it good to know that tonight, that the adversities of life allows us and gives gives us opportunities uh, to witness to others uh, where we would not have been able to. Amen. And then Paul says in verse number 14 uh, that adversity, one of those benefits uh, is that it provides courage uh, in our fellow believers. Amen. Look what he said. He said, and many of the brethren in the Lord waxing confident by my bonds uh, are much more bold to speak the word uh, without fear because Paul is going through adversity. You know what it's doing. Paul's adversity is giving boldness to others to take a stand and to do what is right. Amen. That's a benefit of adversity in our life. In verse number 15 down to verse number 17, Paul tells us that one of the benefits of adversity is that it proves the character of our friendships. Amen. Look what he said in verse 15. He said, some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife and some also of goodwill. The one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely supposing to add of affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. Paul said adversity proves who your real friends are when it comes to serving Jesus. Amen. Boy, you think about it. Sometimes in life, the people that you think you're gonna serve God with forever are gone in a day. And some that you think that will never make it stays a lifetime. And so Paul tells us that's a benefit. Another benefit of adversity is that it provokes growth in our own lives. Look at what the Bible says in verse number 19. He said here, he said, for I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayers and the supply of the supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ. Paul simply says adversity is not going to make me weaker as a Christian, but it's going to make me strong. Amen. And so we have adversity because it provides growth in our own personal life. Another benefit of adversity is that it prepares us to see life and death in the right perspective. My favorite verse in all the Bible 
is verse 21. Paul said, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Paul had the right perspective, didn't he, of life. But Paul would not have had that perspective had he not went through adversity. I've said all that to bring us to this point. Paul lays the groundwork concerning adversity, concerning stability and unity and, and, and humility and all these other things. You know why he does that? Because he wants to show them the importance of integrity. And I want to preach a few minutes tonight on that subject, on the importance of integrity. You know what integrity is? Integrity is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles. It's moral uprightness. If there's ever been an hour when we just need people to be honest and have strong moral principles, it's the hour we're living in tonight. Friend, there is much adversity that is upon the church. We're not seeing the days that Paul is seeing in this, in this day, nor the church at Philippi, but I believe they're swiftly upon us. I believe they're soon to come down the pipe. And my friend, if we're going to do anything for God, we're going to have to have some integrity. Isn't that right? Integrity is being lost among politicians. Can I get an amen right there? Integrity is being lost amongst preachers in the pulpit. Preachers lie in the pulpit. They embellish the truth in the pulpit. I'm telling you, listen, a preacher, if he is going to be known for anything, he ought to be known for one thing above everything else, and that's telling the truth, amen? Now listen, I don't have a great personality. I don't have charisma, but I'm not called to be a performer. I'm not called to get up here and to be a politician. That's not what a preacher is. We're not called to be popular, we're not to strive to be unpopular, and listen, we're not to build a platform for ourselves. we're not to lift up the flesh or call attention ourselves. but as men of God, what we're supposed to be doing is to just simply preach the truth, amen, and I marvel how some men in this hour have become master puppeteers and master puppets and master performers and master politicians, but they care very little about preaching what thus saith the Lord, amen, I'm telling you didn't come to hear me and you didn't come to see me but you come to hear from God and you come to see him amen I'm telling you the only way we'll hear from God and the only way we'll see him is through the pages of this old book it's not my word but it's God's word and as men of God we must tell the truth amen there's got to be integrity man I'm telling you some preachers they change with the wind can I get an amen right there I mean, if you put them up and tied them on a pole, they'd make a good windmill, amen? Because they turn in any direction, the wind's blowing. I'm telling you, they just preach whatever fits the crowd. They just preach whatever makes it happy. If there was a straight crowd and they can preach straight and it's popular to preach straight, that's what they'll do. Uh, they'll water it down and dumb it down for another crowd. I'm telling you, I like those men that are just always the same. Uh, they're not a smart aleck. Uh, they're not arrogant, but they just preach the Bible and they just say what the Bible says it may not suit everybody's fancy but it is the truth amen and the Bible says to buy the truth and sell it not and as preachers we're not only supposed to preach the truth but we are to practice the truth now I want to tell you tonight how God knows there's a whole lot wrong with me and I don't pray I try to practice what I preach but I'm and headed all of that I'm going to tell you I fail I'm not up here tonight trying to act like I got everything together, but I sure want to. Can I get an amen? 
I want to do right. I mean that from the depths of my soul. I want to live right. And I'll tell you the greatest fear. I'll go ahead and tell you what it is. The, my wife knows what it is. The greatest fear I have as a preacher has always been this. I do not want to be a hypocrite in front of my wife and in front of my children. Amen. That was always my fear as a preacher. If I was going to preach, I wanted to be the same at home by the grace of God. I'm not telling you I don't make mistakes. I'm not telling you I don't come up short. I do every day of my life. I, but I've told my wife many times I, I don't want to be a hippo in a pulpit amen I, I don't want to get up and say one thing I tell you listen it wouldn't matter if everybody I thought you was the greatest preacher in the world if she knew I was lying or she knew I didn't live something I was preaching it would drive me absolutely insane amen but on the other side of that coin I, I don't know how some preachers can just do this uh, and put their finger to the wind uh, and see which way the wind is blowing uh, hey listen they ought to be some integrity in the pulpit. Hallelujah. I think that's why it's important that a preacher wear a tie when he goes to the pulpit. No, it's not in the Bible. And I'm not wearing one to youth camp, amen. You say, uh, uh, listen, we're not, listen, we're gonna be, you know, I'm getting too old for youth camp. Somebody say me. I used to get all fired up about it, but I, I'm having a hard time about getting enthused, about, you know, 150 kids and staying up all night long and, and eating sugar from daylight till dark, you know, and uh, screaming and yelling. I, I'm telling you, listen, I just, I don't know what's happening to me. Pray for me. Praise God, I feel better about that. And uh, so I won't preach in a tie this week for youth camp. But I'll tell you, when you go to preach, you ought to wear a tie if you're a preacher. Amen. I think you ought to look like a preacher. No, it's not in the Bible, but it's integrity. It just goes with the office. It just looks right. Can I get a witness? I don't like ties no more than anybody else. I'd like to hang the person that come up with them. Amen. Uh, but listen, uh, I don't like them little string ties, amen. Uh, if you want to wear one, help yourself, but it looks like a shoestring with a brooch on it, amen. And uh, I mean, you might as well steal your mother's cameo and put a string, a shoestring around it and wrap it around your neck, amen. I'd never have understood those things. Uh, but if you're from Texas, help yourself, amen. I'm just simply saying, uh, uh, listen, I don't like them at all, amen. Uh, uh, but that's what it is. Uh, and that's what you're known for. Uh, and I think there ought to be some intent when you get in the pulpit uh, uh, they ought to be some moral uh, listen morality about the one that's doing the preaching amen I didn't mean to get off on all that but I'll tell you they ought to be and we're losing again the, we're losing it not only in politicians and preachers but we're losing it in the people brother there's so much dishonesty going on in our churches today people rob God they don't pay their tithes and then they don't pay their bills. Can I get an amen right there? And uh, listen, they're always robbing Peter to pay Paul, amen. And they, listen, they got more going in, uh, going out than they got coming in. I'm not gonna get off on all that tonight, amen. I'll save that for another day, but I'm just simply saying this. Uh, they ought to be some integrity because it's our testimony. It matters in society. We ought to have a good report with them that are without. And if you can't pay a bill, at least call them up and tell them uh, uh, that you're struggling, but you'll get them paid. That goes a long ways, doesn't it, amen? If they at least know you're trying, 
Amen. Uh, but I'm just talking about having some integrity. I'm talking about your word being your bond. Amen. You know why when you go buy something nowadays, you got to sign your name 57 times uh, uh, to listen, just to buy a pencil in this society because nobody trusts nobody anymore and everybody just lives any old way. But I'm telling you, listen, they ought to be some integrity at least amongst the house of God. In this text, let me give them to you and be done. Paul gives four things here concerning the importance of integrity. Number one in verse 27, because it's important, because it's our character or it's our our conduct that counts. He said, only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. That word conversation means your conduct. It means your lifestyle. And Paul says uh, that your your conversation ought to become the gospel of Christ. In other words, the world ought to be able to look at us and without us ever testifying, and we should, they ought to be able to look at our life and identify us as a Christian. They ought to look at the way we live and the places we go and the things that we do and how we look, and they ought to say there's something different about that person than there is in this world. our countenance uh, ought to listen, picture our conduct. Uh, I'm telling you, we ought to be different. Integrity ought to be in our conduct. And friend, they ought to be able to trust us uh, by looking at the life that we live. Uh, I'm telling you, we've lowered the bar in this hour. We've cheapened Christianity. Uh, there's so many people that want a Christianity without a cost. Uh, they want one that's convenient. They want one that fits their lifestyle. I'm telling you, it has hurt the cause of Christ. I don't know anything that has hurt the church, preachers, missionaries, evangelists in the last 10 years more than social media. I'm not fussing on you for having one, but I'm telling you tonight, you better pray, pray, pray before you post. Because for everything you put out there, number one, you can't never get it back. And number two, you may forget it, but others will remember it a lifetime. It is your conduct that is being put before others. That matters so much. We live in a day when people want to act like testimony doesn't matter. What people think of us matters. I'm not talking about exalting the flesh and I'm not talking about status and I'm not talking about pride, but I'm talking about Christianity. What our neighbors thinks about us on the street we live on should matter to us, isn't that right? I'm telling you, the people we go to church with, it ought to matter what they think about us. It ought to matter what the preacher thinks. People say, well, I don't care what nobody thinks about it. Well, if you're a Christian, you ought to, amen? Because you're bearing the name of Christ uh, and that conduct is so important. You know why it's important? Because your words will become ineffective. If you allow your conduct to be cheapened, uh, you can say the right things, uh, you can deliver the right message, uh, you can hand out the gospel tracts, uh, you can go to church, on Sunday, but if your conduct has been marred by the things you're saying and the things that you're doing, then your witness has no effect. Amen. I'm talking about the importance of integrity. It ought to matter to be a member of a church. Amen. If you're a member of this church, it should matter. Don't go out there and post country music songs and rock music songs if you're a member of this church. Amen. 
Don't, don't say it. Don't get out there and talk about country lyrics and rock lyrics and, and all them other things out there and then tell people you go to Bible Baptist Church and I'm gonna tell you, they don't have no confidence in you if you're singing the same songs they're singing, amen? And it hurts the cause of Christ. Uh, and you say, well, I don't like that kind of preaching. Well, I'm not being a smart aleck. I'm just telling you. Hey, you listen, it, may, it fires me up uh, when I see somebody that says they're a member of Bible. I ain't seen nobody lately, but if I did, I'll tell you what, I think I'd just just pick the phone up and call you, amen? I'm not gonna come preach on it. I'm preaching on it tonight because as far as I know, nobody's guilty. You say, would you really do that as your pastor? I love you enough and I love this church enough that if you're out there putting country music lyrics and rock lyrics out there, I love you enough to call you up and say, hey, listen, you ought to think more of Christ and think more of his church and you ought to think more of your own conduct than to be posting or saying something Something like that. Can I get a witness right there? I mean, that's mild compared to what I heard growing up. And it was right back then too, by the way. I'm talking about when I was a teenager and I won't bore you with it, but we had burn barrels. You know, I've talked about that. And the preacher would preach and everybody would bring their, their rock music and country music and burn it. And then they'd get up and say this, now don't get it six months later. Don't get it back. Make this your last burning, they'd say. People think you're a part of an occult nowadays. And I'm telling you, it's not just the young people. I'm telling you today, our conduct ought to matter. Amen. They ought to look at our, it's right there in verse 27. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. And then it's our integrity, the importance of integrity is so important because it's our consistency that counts. Not just our conduct, but our consistency. Look what he said in verse 27. He said that whether I come and see you or else be absent, that I may hear of your affairs, notice this, that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind. Paul said whether I'm there with you or absent, I ought to get the same report. Whether you're singing in the choir on Sunday or you're down at Walmart, it ought to be the same. Whether they see me on Monday or Tuesday or Friday, whether I'm at home or if I go on vacation, I want to be the same on vacation that I am right here in town. Isn't that right? Do you know I've ran into people on vacation? I have. I mean, you go, I never have figured out vacation. Me and my wife, will leave and, and I'll say, you got everything? She'll say, I got everything. I've never known a woman on earth that's had everything. I got it. We'll drive, we'll pass 49 Walmarts. We'll drive seven hours, get where I say, what we gotta do? Well, we gotta go to Walmart first. Now, don't y'all act so sanctified. Oh, come on. You know what I'm saying. And, 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 and you know, we'll go, and we'll go to Walmart, and I'll think, well, I'm here. They don't nobody know me. And you know how it is on vacation. I mean, you don't look your best on vacation. Can I just put it that way? At least I don't. I said, well, I ain't gonna see nobody. I don't know nobody. And then I'll run into somebody. Isn't that the way it is? You never know who you're going to run into. And we ought to be consistent everywhere we go. Everywhere you go. When you walk in a convenience store, that's why you don't buy a lottery ticket. Because a preacher will be behind you if you do. Amen. And I pray you win. Because if you win, they're going to put your mugshot out there for everybody to see it. Isn't that right? I'm just telling you, come on now, don't die on me. 
We don't have no lottery players here tonight. I'm surely not. If they did, they'd have to be visitors. Amen. Maybe a missionary or two, you know, but surely nobody from Bible Baptist Church plays the lottery. I'm telling you, uh, uh, there's more children tonight that don't have food in their bellies uh, and the educational system has gone to the pots. Amen. Uh, not because uh, of it. I'll tell you why. Because men uh, spend their hard-earned money, uh, listen, on the lottery trying to bid, uh, win the big Powerball. Amen. Uh, I'm preaching on the Powerball tonight. Amen. I'm just telling you, if you're a Christian, there ought to be some consistency about your life. Listen, you ought to be real day in and day out. Amen. Preacher, do you pray enough? No. Do you read your Bible enough? No. But I want to be consistent. I want to strive for it. Be consistent. When you Listen, don't ever start anything with your children that you're going to have to stop when they get older. They start, little kids, they start getting six months and a year old and parents think, well, this don't matter because they're little. Well, here's what matters about it. There's coming a day when you have to tell them they can't do that no more. That's what matters. Don't ever start what you have to stop. Amen. Just keep it out of their life. And then, and then sometimes, you know, I'll tell you one of the worst things you can do for your to your children is get a conviction and then give it up and then take it back. You know, there was things that I, and everybody has to, you have to pray about things. When I was going to Bible college, they were preaching against Christmas trees. And don't y'all die on me. Good night. You get on the Easter Bunny or Santa, you get in trouble every time. I mean, they were. They, and it was college boys preaching on it. We'd have chapel service and they'd blow Christmas trees out. And I was sitting there thinking, they're probably bitter because they can't put one up in the dorm. You know. They preached against Christmas tree. I thought, well, I wonder. And they talked about the stump worship. And they, they took the scripture out of the Old Testament. And so I thought to myself, I thought, well, I don't want to be doing something if it's not right. But then I thought, I don't want to throw my Christmas tree out. It might cause a divorce. <laughs> I wished I would have gave up the Christmas tree because she's got seven of them. Amen. <laughs> so you know what? I prayed about it. I did. I said, Lord, now I don't want to do something that's not right. If this is wrong, I had little babies. We had little babies at home. And I said, Lord, I, I said, is it wrong? And I just took the Bible and I just studied on it. And I found out the scripture was completely out of context. I can't even go into it. It's so vile what it actually means. And so I thought, well, it's a decoration. I wished we could be against Christmas trees. I wouldn't have to put another one up. Well, I know all the men are saying amen in your heart and the women are saying, oh, no, don't go there, preacher. But here's what got me. I thought, you know, if I start that, I cannot stop it. Right or wrong, I'll have to stay with it. When you think that way, you really pray about things. Amen. Be consistent. It's your integrity. They don't say not only it's important because of, uh, because our conduct that counts and our, it's our consistency that counts, but integrity is important because it's our co- cooperation that counts. Look at verse 27 again. That you stand fast in one spirit, one mind, striving together. You know why God's been good to this church? Because we don't fuss and fight about things. 
we strive together. You know why God's good to this church? Because I don't know how much money we just spent on missions tonight. But not one person will walk out of here and complain about it. Isn't that a blessing tonight, Brother Laddie? You know why God's, and we don't take it, we don't take advantage of those things. Do you know why God's good to this church? Because me and the deacons, we don't argue. We get along. It doesn't mean we've seen everything eye to eye, but we pray together. And we talk. You know why God's been good to this church? When we, when we built this auditorium. I remember, brother, when we built that building, Brother Roach said, got up on a Wednesday night. I said, I hadn't been here very long. I said, you handle it. I said, I'm going to let you take care. He'd been there 40 years, amen. I said, you take care of that. He got up. I didn't know what he was going to do, how he was going. He got up and said, well, he said, we won't spend $120,000 on a building this size. Do we hear a motion in a second? We got a motion in a second. Everybody in favor. It was, it was 99%. And so when we closed the service out, he said, uh, he said all right, go build it. I was 25 years old. I hadn't built a doghouse. I said, whoa, whoa. I said, back his train up here. I said, we can't do it that way. He said, what, what else are we going to do? I said, well, I said, well, don't we got to vote on the carpet? And I mean, it's a Baptist church, you know. And we got to vote on the lights. I was in one church where I walked in on a, a Wednesday night service. They had a, one light here and a different light here and a different. I thought, what in the world? They were voting on which light the church wanted. I'm glad we don't have that mess around here. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, if I'd have been a pastor, we'd have burnt candles for the next six months. Amen. <laughs> Till they didn't care what light we put in the building. I told Brother Roach, I said, well, we can't just, we can't just vote on $120,000 and nothing else. He said, that's how we do it. I told, we got in that building program and thank God the Lord sent Brother Danny Allen. Amen. We got to shell that building up and I said, Brother Allen started coming I said, and he was building houses and I said, hey, I really need your help. <laughs> and he helped me finish it. And, uh, but you know what? We went in there. We had homecoming Sunday. First homecoming they ever had at the church. And Brother David, not, you remember this. Not one person complained about the color of the carpet or the size. We built this church. Nobody complained. Isn't that a blessing tonight? It is a Baptist church, I promise. Nobody complained. I'm telling you, that's what it takes to, to have a church. It, it takes cooperation. It takes, and there's checks and there's balances and, and I can't just spend money. Don't want to just spend money. I want us to do it together. Isn't that right? I, I want us to be in agreement. I don't want to spend money and not tell the deacons about it. We want to do it together and we want to keep the church informed and that's how it works. I'm glad we don't have a bunch of fussing and fighting going on around here. I'm glad there's not a bunch of people sideways. I'm telling you, none of that that stuff matters. It don't really matter what color this carpet is. It really don't matter what kind of chandeliers are hanging. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how much money's sitting in the bank. What matters is we're getting the gospel out. We're helping missionaries. We're seeing souls saved. What matters free up is the presence of God. He passes by. I'd rather be, listen, I'd rather be broke tonight and have unity and have God as to have anything. Hallelujah. Isn't that right? There ain't enough money on this earth to buy peace. And I'm telling you, when you get in a Baptist church and you got anything but that, it's miserable, amen. I want to say in closing tonight, integrity, that's the integrity of this church is that you get along with each other. 
and that you cooperate. What a great testimony for Bible Baptists tonight. And then it's important, integrity is important because it's our courage. Paul said in verse 28, and in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God. You know how Paul could say that and encourage this church? Because this church had watched what Paul was going through. And Paul wasn't preaching something he read out of a book. Paul wasn't preaching something he got off the internet. Paul's writing this epistle with bonds. He's in prison. He's under arrest. And he's encouraging them that by nothing do you have to be terrified by your adversaries. In fact, he said in verse 30, having the same conflict which you saw in me and now here to be in me. You know, what? when I think about the Apostle Paul, this is what I think about. Paul was a man of integrity, wasn't he? As Christians tonight, we ought to strive to be. When you go on the job tomorrow, I'll tell you what matters more than anything. It's your character, it's your conduct, it's your integrity. Don't say little things and do little. And sometimes I'm going to tell you, the, the flesh will, will get the best of us, won't it? You know, we were over here in Tiftoni yesterday and, and uh, we, were, we were just like 30, we, weren't even, we, were, we were just 15 minutes from being home. And uh, the bus broke down. Can you believe that? I mean, if it would have broke down six hours from home, I probably wouldn't have been half as frustrated. But I mean, when you can see the finish line, and I mean, it just, it just gave up the ghost. And I'm sitting there in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, Lord, I just want to get home. That's all I want. I don't care if the engine blows up in the church parking lot. Let's just get to the house. And in my mind, you know, the Holy Spirit saying, well, you never know what's around the corner. And I'm like, I, I know that. And you know what? You have to keep that flesh intact, don't you? I thought about these boys was there, and I thought, Lord, don't let me get in the flesh. They're here. The wrath of man, that verse kept coming to me. The wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. That's just the flesh tonight. And we're, when you're at work and when you're at home and when you're at school and when you're around people, always remember this. What they think of you is very important. 